Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. We have so much to get to. We're going to talk about the Vikings quarterback decision, uh, quarterback decisions around the league, including a lot of Big Ten connections uh, that are now playing quarterback in the NFL, which is really interesting. Jeff's written about that. Uh, And we're going to get into the biggest games of the week. And, of course, we're going to preview Vikings at Raiders, which is a big game for this team and this franchise. Jeff, of course, former Vikings general manager, uh, current uh, writer, media maven, and uh, and was also the uh, t- president of the Tennessee Titans when they almost won the Super Bowl. You know all that. Uh, we are sponsored by uh, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. If you like this show or any sh- other show at TalkNorth.com, including the Viking Update Show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Let's start with the obvious, Jeff. Kevin O'Connell chooses to stick with Josh Dobbs after what, after hinting that he might not, what do you think of the decision and what do you think of the Vikings' chances of winning with him? Yeah, I, I think it was definitely the right call. I think Josh Jobs has the biggest upside, the highest ceiling between he and and Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall, still a relative unknown, even though he looked pretty good in that first drive against Atlanta. But I think, I think Dobbs is the guy that gives them kind of the two-way threat of being able to run, being able to pass. And the fact that he had such such early success here against Atlanta and New Orleans and then regressed the last two two games, especially the Bears game. But even in that game, I think people forget that he did at least drive them down to take the lead late in the ball game after the, the second fumble by Metellus on fields. And then the defense couldn't hold. It just seems that that's gotten kind of lost in the shuffle of of that whole end of the game against Chicago, and I, I'm still I'm still waiting to hear who blew the coverage on letting DJ Moore get so wide open on that 36 yard gain that set up the winning field goal when Murphy passed him off, and I don't know if Metellus didn't drop deep enough or what happened, but DJ Moore should have been doubled in that situation, and and we we talked about that last week that. The defensive coordinators never seem to get quite as much flack as the offensive coordinators. And so uh, Brian Flores kind of what wasn't blamed on that one, but I thought that they should have had more double covered. And And we'll see how they handle Devontae Adams this week. It looks like a Caleb Evans is, is, is healthy with his calf, but a Caleb's been up and down in coverage. Makai Blackman has shown some good things from time to time. He's been up and down. Murphy. I, I, kind of the same boat has made a few more big plays, but I, I still think the Vikings' cornerback situation is is not great. But they've been able to manufacture enough pressure with the, with the blitzing by Flores, and which I expect to be coming pretty hard again this week against Aiden O'Connell, the the Raiders' rookie fourth round quarterback. Even though when you look at the stats, he's actually had some decent success against the blitz so they may certainly Flores may decide to just drop everybody in coverage against O'Connell and see how that plays out but clearly the Vikings are going to have to move the ball on offense and they're going to have an opportunity against a, a Raiders defense that is not great they're 20th ranked 25th against the run and as you said it's just a big game coming out of the bye they're relatively healthy at this point 
And of course, the big news, Justin Jefferson returns. And I think that's the other part of the equation with having Dobbs become the stay the starter, give him a chance to play with Jefferson and see how that one plays out when that should be able to help Hawkinson and the Raiders are lousy against tight ends and coverage. Having Jefferson back should, again, attract a lot of attention to him. That should help Jordan Addison, who kind of seemed to hit the rookie wall in the last few games, and maybe the bye will help him. K.J. Osborne has just had kind of an okay season. But I think ultimately it's really incumbent on the offensive line to do a heck of a lot better job than they did against Chicago and against Denver, allowing 44% pressure rate against the Bears, who – were last in the league in sacks, even though they picked up Montez Sweat. The offensive line has to be better. The pass protection has to be better. They need to run the ball better. The Raiders are 25th against the run. Let's see if Ty Chandler gets a few more carries. A lot of interesting subplots to this game. The Raiders are 5-7, and seven, and, and certainly they're, they got to look at this as their last possibility to get on a winning streak to get to the playoffs, which is going to be a tough Tough climb for them in the AFC, we know that. And from the Vikings' standpoint, they're, wow, they got a, a tough, tough race in the NFC now. A couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago, it looked really good at 6-4, and four, and they're saying, oh, 80% chance the Vikings make the playoffs. Now it's like, whatever, 45% or 42%, because Green Bay's on a three-game winning streak, has a much easier schedule, even though that can be deceptive too, which we'll talk about. But the Vikings at 6-6, six and six, they're still holding this, the number six seed, but they've got Green Bay right behind them. The Rams are six and six. The Saints are six and six. Or I'm sorry, the Saints are, are five and seven, but but they're they're in the mix too. And so you've got a lot of teams in the mix in the NFC. I think, Jim, and, and we've talked about this before, the Vikings need to hold that sixth seed if they possibly can and hope for a first-round matchup at Detroit, who's struggling a little bit lately, even though they are 9-3. and three. But the Lions barely got by the Saints after they blew a 21-0 lead. They should have lost to the Bears. They go to Chicago this week, and, and the Bears should have beat them last time, which we'll talk about that game. But I, I don't think the Vikings are dead in the division race if they can run the table. But that's going to be a tough ask. And they just need to focus on beating the Raiders this week. All of a sudden, the Bengals are back in the AFC playoff picture with Jake Browning having a great game. It's just like it's a crazy year for quarterbacks. It's a crazy year for the league. But I'll say this, Jim. When the Vikings were 0-3, if you had told them they would get back to 6-6 six and six and hold the sixth seed heading to Vegas in Week 14, that they'd go 6-3 and three since they were 0-3, I think the Vikings would have taken that in a heartbeat, don't you? Absolutely. And if you look at the schedule with what we know now, they really, you know, they probably should have won one of those early home games, whether against Tampa or the Chargers. Or both. Um, you know, <laughs> or both. Uh, but, you know, the really the Bears game is the only game that really sticks out as just a terrible loss, you know, um, and it's with your with your backup quarterback. So we kind of understand how it happened. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, and that, I kept on saying when they're 0-3 and 1-4 that they could still salvage the season they have, but now, but it, it doesn't get any easier. Um, you know, no, I don't know. You know, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I think it it's going to be a, t- a tough climb, but again, if they can somehow at least do no worse than a split these next two road games, and and it's possible they could win them both. They're going against two backup quarterbacks, 
basically, in O'Connell and then Jake Browning. And yeah, Browning had this great game against Jacksonville, but but if, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't get hurt, the Jaguars most likely win that game, and the Bengals are probably about ready to pack it in, but now they figure they're in the race. So it's just crazy the way it turns out. Uh, Seattle is the other team that's 6-6 six and six that I was thinking about, but they've got a brutal schedule the next two weeks. They go to San Francisco and then home against Philly. So there's a lot of things that could happen down the stretch, but the Vikings, as, as we said, just need to focus on the Raiders, find a way to, to get out of Vegas with a win this week, have Dobbs play better, protect the ball, offensive line play better, run the ball better, the defense stop Josh Jacobs, who's still a, a, a top running back, even though the Raiders' run, run game is not very good, and then just try to figure out a way to to get after O'Connell. And I'm, and I'm sure we're going to see the a, a mix of blitzes, a mix of coverages, and, and see how it all shakes out. But again, getting Justin Jefferson back is probably the main storyline this week and, and to see how he plays with Dobbs. Yes. Uh, why do you think, and by the way, if you like Vikings Talk, uh, Don Mitchell, Don of Sports on our network, one of our newer shows, we had Brian Robinson on, great conversation. He actually does a very good Matthew McConaughey uh, impersonation. Check that show out as well. Why do you think uh, it sounds like Mullins might be the backup set of Hall? I think Hall's just taking time to come back from that concussion. I, I think that they're they're both relatively healthy. I think that that uh, Kevin O'Connell just likes having the, the veteran kind of game manager that Nick Mullins is. It, it's, it's less of a crapshoot than going with a rookie quarterback as you're in the playoff hunt. I think if they if they were out of the playoff hunt, then I think it would be Hall that would be the number two guy. But I think Mullins gives them more more of a comfort level, having been in the, in the system for two years now and and knowing the offense and, and kind of being a, a Kirk Cousins clone, more or less, without having Cousins' talent level. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that that Hall is, is a guy who, who's more of a developmental project at this point in time. Do you look at the Packers as a team that has found their quarterback and with a young roster is now becoming a big threat for this year and the next few years in the division, or they just have a good a good streak and and it's not going to continue? It, it appears that that certainly Jordan Love has made a made some big strides the last few weeks with beating the Lions and the Chiefs. And, and by the way, Kansas City has done no favors to the Vikings this season. Lo- losing to Detroit, losing to Green Bay, and beating the Vikings. So, right. <laughs> But I, I think the Packers are definitely playing better. And even without Aaron Jones and their young receiving core is coming on with, with Watson and Dobbs. And I, I just think they're, they're a team that is, is on the rise. But it could turn, too. And certainly that Week 17 game here on New Year's Eve is going to be a potentially huge game against the Packers. But yeah, they've won three straight and they're sitting in the seventh seed right now. It's just weird when you look at the schedule and you think, okay, they're going to the Giants. They're four and eight. They're terrible. Well, all of a sudden the Giants have won two straight, not against great teams, but Tommy DeVito, their undrafted quarterback is two and one as a starter with a 92 rating and is playing decent, and, and we know they're, they've got some talent on defense with guys like Dexter Lawrence. So I wouldn't put it beyond the realm of possibility that the Packers have a hiccup 
and, and go to go to New York and get beat by the Giants. Now I'm not going to pick that, <laughs> but it's possible. And then and then the Packers host Tampa Bay, who's not dead in the NFC South. They go to Carolina. Yeah, you figure no, they're not going to win that one. But hey, Carolina might be somebody. And then they finish at the Vikings and home against the Bears. The schedule looks very favorable, but stranger things have happened. As we said, you got Seattle in the mix. You got the Rams in the mix. But but both of those teams have have some difficult games ahead. The, the Rams go to Baltimore this week. That's that's certainly not going to be easy, even though they're playing better too. I just think the as we said the. NFC playoff race is going to go down to the wire and even potentially the division race as Detroit is just not playing great football right now, especially on defense. Jared Goff got his act together a little better last week, but when they go to Chicago, I I would not be at all surprised to see the Bears win that game after they blew that 12-point lead last time. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that can happen, and that's what makes the NFL season exciting. That, that so many teams can be in the mix late in the season, and, and certainly the Vikings are right in the middle of it. Let's get to some Vikings players who are making names for themselves and maybe uh, earning some money with the way they're playing the season. We're also going to do our NFL picks, not for gambling purposes, a way to get into what's going on around the league and in all these races. Uh, by the way, we do have the best sports lineup in town. We have Jeff, we have John Krasinski on the Timberwolves, Michael Russo on the Wild, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Emil Third, and myself on baseball. John Millay on preps. Uh, just check it all out. We have the Viking Update show as well. Check it all out. If you like a show, subscribe at your favorite podcast app. Again, it's free. It's the easy way, easiest way to listen. Right now, we want to thank the people who make this show possible, starting with White Bear Lake Superstore. Yeah, thanks, Jim. The White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, with my great friend, owner Paul Rubin, general manager Charlie Guttrell. They're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. It's the holiday season sales event. $4,000 off MSRP and 1.9% APR on 2023 Buick Encore GX. $4,500 off MSRP on 2023 Buick Enclave. $8,000 off MSRP on 2024 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab Denali. The White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank, our great sponsors. Your bank, a partner or simply a provider. In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalizing opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to everyone who listens to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Again, check out the whole lineup, sports, outdoors, and variety content at TalkNorth.com. So DJ Wanham is having a good year. 
what does this mean for his future with the team? And is there anybody else who's really making a push, you know, for either a bigger role or a bigger paycheck with the way they're playing this year? Yeah, well, we, we know Daniil Hunter's making a big push. <laughs> yep. And and he's third in the league in sacks right now with 13 and a half and coming off the bye week. Uh, Daniil have, having a terrific year. I think, it, I think it might even be his best year in terms of all-around play, pass pass uh, defense, run defense. It seems like he's in on every play for the Vikings. Such a critical factor. I, I think he's going to definitely push for towards that $30 million a year level uh, of the top edge rushers in the league, and deservedly so. They're going to have to find a way to pay him. That's pretty clear. Now, DJ Wanham is really an interesting guy. He's benefited this year from Marcus Davenport being out of the lineup basically almost all season except for four games. And it's kind of curious. We, we never hear uh, anything about Davenport's status other than he had some surgery on his ankle, and we don't know what's going to happen with him if he'll be available down the stretch. When he was in there, he was he was a, an impactful player, had a couple sacks, was good in the run game. But Wanham has been the starter basically all year and has had a really good year six sacks 47 tackles 12 quarterback hits he's his playtime has grown he's a durable guy in his career consistent and I think he's a guy that's going to be very difficult for the Vikings to retain when you consider they need to extend Jefferson which is obviously priority one or 1a and Daniil Hunter is 1b to get his new contract done uh, before he hits free agency. And then you've got Christian Derrissaw will be eligible for an extension next year. you got the Cousins situation, which two weeks ago, and it just so, shows how things change so dramatically from week to week in, in this league, that two weeks ago we were thinking, well, maybe Dobbs is, can be re-signed for a lot cheaper than Cousins. And they can draft a quarterback in the first round out of this great draft and, and develop that quarterback for a year, as the Chiefs did with Mahomes behind Alex Smith. I still think that's going to happen, but I think it may be with Cousins coming back on, on another short-term deal because, because his market interest will be lessened because of the Achilles injury. I think he wants to stay here. His family's here. And I, I think that maybe unless Dobbs has a – unbelievable last five weeks and takes them on a wins a playoff game or two I think Cousins is still going to be in the plans for next year which makes sense because he was having his best season I thought before he got hurt yep. now as we said there's a lot on the line the next five weeks for Dobbs for Cousins for whoever that future draft pick might be but I still think they're going to take a quarterback in the first round out of that great quarterback class where there could be six first round picks and they may not have to move up very far to get a first-round quarterback when you, when you talk about the quality of players in that draft. And so that's going to be really fascinating to see how it all shakes out. But DJ Wanham, to me, I think he's played himself into a probably somewhere in, in the 15 to $20 million a year range on a new deal. Wow. Because you think about, you look at his stats, and you look at Montez Sweat, who, who the Bears acquired from Washington. Now, Sweat was a former first-round pick, but he never had double-digit sacks. And he goes to Chicago. They extend him for four years and $98 million, whatever, $24 million a year. 
Now, all that did was up to Neil Hunter's price tag for sure, but there's also the trickle-down effect for guys like Wanham, who if he ends up with 8 to 10 sacks, and again, it's going to depend how he finishes the year too, but and maybe it's closer to $15 million a year, but who knows? All it takes is one team, as I always used to say as a GM in free agency, to knock you out of the, out of the, the park. I, I, think, I think that DJ Wanham has definitely played, him into, played himself into a, a great situation and a, and a big deal coming up next season. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, there are so many players that the Vikings are going to have to figure things out on, guys like Jordan Hicks. And, and is he going to be back in a couple of weeks from his injury? He was having, having his best season. Just so many storylines down the stretch in this season, Jim. No doubt. And great storylines around the league. Let's, uh, let's use our picks as a way of hitting on different teams, different scenarios here. Uh, we mentioned Detroit at Chicago. Uh, as you said, Detroit is finding ways to win. Uh, Goff seems maybe is getting over the little slump of, of turnovers. But, I mean, how do you feel about Detroit right now? And, and is Chicago showing any signs of becoming more than just the doormats of the division? Yeah, I, th- I think the Bears are better. I think Montez Sweat has improved their pass rush. I think that Justin Fields, we, we, we all know that he's on a five-game trial run to see what happens with his future, whether the Bears, and they're probably going to have the first overall pick and another pick in the top five to eight picks in the draft with that pick from Carolina plus their own pick. So will they go after a Caleb Williams, a Drake May in in this next draft at, at that top spot? Or will they go with Fields and then pick perhaps the best pass rusher, the best pass protector, another, another impact receiver? It could be Marvin Harrison in Chicago. So I think the Bears are, are better. I don't think they're great. But Detroit is struggling, especially on defense. And they've had injuries. They're they're giving up a lot of a lot of yards, a lot of points. The the Packers moved the ball on them. The Saints tried to make a big comeback after they got down by three touchdowns and almost won the game. So Detroit, and as we said, the last time they played the Bears, the Bears blew that twelve point lead with four minutes to go, three only three weeks to go, because they went all conservative, which I think was part of Kevin O'Connell's problem that we talked about previously in terms of how he played the last Viking series against Chicago when they went run, run, short pass instead of trying to get a couple first downs and run out the clock. I'm going to pick Detroit, Jim, but I'm not going to be surprised if the Bears pull the upset. Interesting. Buffalo at Kansas City, two teams that have dominated the AFC in recent years, both having their struggles. And, uh, you know, Mahomes just hasn't had – good receiver play. Josh Allen is putting together spectacular numbers, but also turning the ball over and they don't seem to run the ball very well. The defense seems to have slipped. Maybe they missed Leslie Frazier. What do you make of this one? Well, I think that Buffalo is, is just banged up on defense. They've had injuries. Now they're dealing with the Von Miller situation. I, I don't see Patrick Mahomes losing two in a row. And I, I think they're going to win this game at home. But again, Buffalo figures their season's on the brink here at six and six. But the Chiefs feel that way, too, at 8-4, and four, that they haven't played great the last few weeks, and, and they need a win to, to stay in that mix for the top two seeds in the AFC that right now you've got Miami and Baltimore holding. So I'll pick Kansas City, but I think, I think it's going to be a close game. Eagles at Cowboys, game of the week. Eagles got shredded by the 49ers. 
Uh, and they're, they're having all kinds of defensive problems. Dak and the Cowboys offense is playing great. Mike McCarthy has appendicitis, all kinds of things going on in this matchup. Yeah, you, you think it's definitely in Dallas's favor. They've, they've won 14 straight at home, longest streak in the league at, at, in a home winning streak. Jalen Hurts' knee seems to be an issue, and they come off that 42-19 to thrashing by the 49ers. Couldn't handle Debo Samuel or Brock Purdy in that game or Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, yeah, I got to go with, with Dallas at, at home in this game against the Eagles, who, who suddenly are, are in, in a little bit of a slide. But, again, you you just have to be wary uh, of Dallas and and Dak Prescott, who, who really hasn't beaten a top team yet this year, even though he's in the MVP conversation. But they, yeah, they had the big win against Seattle, but they had to come from behind in that game, and that was at home. I, I, I will take the Cowboys at home in this game. Agreed again. Packers at Giants. Uh, it, you, you already talked about it a little bit. What are you seeing from Jordan Love right now? I'm seeing him play play very well. I'm seeing him make better decisions with the ball, looking more poised out there, more confident. Again. It could it could turn again on, on Love in his first year as as a starter, and it would not shock me at all if the Giants pulled off the upset this week against Green Bay. But I, I I can't go against the Packers in this game. I think their defense is playing pretty well. Uh, Kenny Clark up front and and um, in terms of their their pass rush, their coverage, again, not going to be surprised if the Giants pull it off, but. I got. I got to go with Green Bay. Vikings at Raiders. What do you think? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick the Vikings to have a bounce back in this game. I think the the Raiders are are a little suspect. Uh, really offensively challenged. They haven't scored. I think they've only scored over 21 points once all season. I think the Vikings can get in, in the mid 20s against the Raiders defense that isn't great. Max Crosby is a little banged up with his knee, mispracticed this week, but he finds a way to play every week, and and he's going to be a huge challenge for Brian O'Neill, who had all he could handle against Montez Sweat. O'Neill is is a, I think he's he's a an excellent tackle, but he's coming off a a shaky game. Maybe they need to give a little more help, even to as good a player as O'Neill against Crosby, who's got eleven and a half sacks, and and really is the Raiders almost only pass rushing threat. Nobody else has more than three sacks on their team. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to pick the Vikings in this game. I'm going to call it 24-17. That sounds about right. Uh, I think I'm going to go 23-19. to 19. I think it'll be a weird game. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's been a wild season. It really has. And it feels like every game has its own drama. Uh, let's get a final thought from Jeff on anything he likes. Once again, thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore. Thanks to Platinum Bank. Uh, and thank you for listening. Uh, Jeff, final thought. Yeah, I think my final thought is just in terms of, of Josh Dobbs and, and the journey that he's been on this year and how, the, how, how much pressure is on him this week. First of all, to protect the football with six turnovers the last two games, that just has to stop. And I'm sure that, that Kevin O'Connell ha- has told Nick Mullins, be ready. Because if Dobbs has some early turnover problems, I, th- I think they're going to make a, a, a quick, quick hook on him in this game. But I think there are, there are other things that have to happen. The offensive line has to play better, and and Ryan Wright's punting 
was kind of a hidden issue in the last game. He had that lousy 26-yard punt at the end of the game that gave Justin Fields a short field. Ryan Wright is not punting as well as he did last year, so he's going to have to be better. And the Vikings meet up with with their old kicker, Daniel Carlson, this week, Jim. (laughs) And Carlson missed a 30-yard field goal uh, last week before the bye against the Raiders when – when the uh, against the Chiefs, when the Raiders had a fourteen nothing lead, and, and the Chiefs came roaring back to win thirty one seventeen. Well, one of the big problems for the Raiders was that thirty yard missed field goal by Carlson. He's made twenty of twenty four this year, and, and we know he's got a big leg. But I, I'm sure that Mike Zimmer had to kind of laugh a little bit at that miss. <laughs> yes, and we know Mike's watching. <laughs> yes, we he absolutely is. Absolutely, know Mike is watching. So it's going to be interesting. We'll talk with Jeff next week about the Raiders game and setting up the the Bengals game. Still a fascinating season for the Vikings. Thank you, thank you all for uh, for joining us on what Jeff called this journey because it has been a journey of a season. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>